I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> These are Edinburgh fringe, fringe voices. Yeah, because we're, we're so trying. sick. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like because we're trying to like you know, save our voices. Oh, uh, so, uh, I, I was going to say attract boys. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to attract boys? Yeah, I really am. Oh, you're yeah. doing a lot of different things. Well, this week. well, the cat's away and all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay, you know. Yeah? Yeah, I feel like we've been uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe for 2,000 years now. Yeah, it does feel um, a bit like that, doesn't it? I started feeling that way from, I would say, day three. <laughs> Okay, day three yeah. was when I was like, actually, I think I've lived here my whole life. I don't remember a time when I haven't been this <laughs> tired. Yeah. I haven't had to walk this much. But your show is going well. My show is going well. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying doing it. People are coming to see it. I can't yeah. complain about that. Yeah. I'm having a very nice time. But try to complain. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. I miss my mum. Yeah. And I just want to God, hug. Sarah. Jesus. I just want to be held. Just be thankful that your show is this going This city well. won't hold me. <laughs> <laughs> How's your show going? Yeah, yeah. No, I actually won't complain. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah, I actually refuse to complain. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's good. You know, uh, I think the show's good. So That's great. Yeah. That's, new, that's the shocking, yeah. Uh, have any weird difference. audience members this week? No, you know, everyone's been really nice. Like, I feel like a bit, I feel, I just feel a bit like I don't really know what's happening. That's put me on edge, guys. Yeah, it's put me on edge. Because uh, I, I mm. keep waiting for the drop. Yeah. You know, for the aggressive heckler oh, or something. Oh, it's going to get awful. Yeah, it's going to get awful. But uh, so far, it's been good. Mm. Um, the show uh, is, is going well. Two women in my front row the other day, they were dressed amazingly. One of them was wearing like a full sequin suit. And uh, I asked oh. them, I was like, are you a couple? And they were like, yeah. And then one of their mates was like, they got married earlier. Today? That, that day? D- that day. Like two hours before my show. And then they came to my show. Why? And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, why have you done this? The appropriate I was question. Like, is this a mistake? What's yeah. going wrong? Yeah. 
Are you waiting for your reception? That's what I, I was like. Did you hire this room? Are you waiting for us to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I literally said. Why, why did they do that? I don't, I don't know. That's oh, like, they didn't answer the question. They were like, we, we like you. Oh, Sarah. It was fucked up. It, that's fucked up. It was really weird. Um, if you're listening, thank you for coming. No, it's really, really nice. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for holding but, your wedding reception, yeah. Sarah Shaw. One of them messaged me afterwards and was like, you made our wedding day. And I was like, that's that can't be the story. Inappropriate. That yeah. ca- I can't be the highlight of yeah. the day. You what married am, the love of your life. Your Sarah Keyworth <laughs> did a lovely hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, so the they came on of, a, all the photos of their wedding day are just photos of you. And they came on a day when it was two for one tickets. And I'm like, how cheap are you for your wedding? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Splash yeah. out on the main That's event. the real story yeah. of this story. God. Uh, that's amazing. I can't believe they did that. Mm. I'm freaked out by it, but I also like it. It's really sweet, actually. It was very nice. It's very nice. Also, it was a great moment in the show. And then nothing I said or did was better than that. Yeah, that sucks. That's it sucks when thing. you do a, a crowd interaction where you're like, this is... Better than anything. Because people get so excited. They're like, this is unplanned. unplanned I didn't plan. It's something special. I haven't planted two yeah. recently married women in the front row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you go back to your planned jokes and they're like, boo. We want to talk about the wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, I have to tell my sad truth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been fun. I'm having a That's nice really, time. That's really, really good. I'm so excited about our guest today. I'm very excited about our guest today. We have Angela Barnes. She is wow. so talented and so funny and so smart she's mm-hmm. a comedian she's a writer she's an actor she's a radio host she's she's a she's she an institution she's an institution there's nothing that she can't do yeah and i'm really excited to hear about all the times when her life has got wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah well let's bring her in Angela Barnes, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Just as I've spilt tea on your sofa, you're in a flat. Hi, Don't worry, it's wiped clean. <laughs> Hi, Angela. How Hi. are you? Good. I mean, it's 27 degrees in Edinburgh today. We, I don't know. It's absolutely mental. What parallel universe we're in, but it's gorgeous. We are at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's never been this hot. Cl- climate change is ruining it. <laughs> There's a reason that we started doing this. The worst thing this. about climate change yeah. is it's making the fringe really hard. The yeah. fringe is really difficult this year. I'm going to go swimming. I'm, after this, I've got my swimming stuff in the car to go up to Portobello Beach for a swim in the sea. Yes, I'm, I'm doing like, that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. How many fringes have you done, Angela? Oh, God. Um, well, my first fringe, I, I've got a horrible feeling it might even have been before you were born. No. Because what no. year were you born, Sarah? No, I don't want to have Tell this me, comments. tell me. I was born in 1993. Okay, it's fine. You were two then. So I did my first okay. fringe in 1995. When you uh, were When four? I was 18. <laughs> I wish I was four. I was 18 and I was in a really terrible student play. Oh I was God. one of those pricks on ah. the mile. Like going, hey, come and watch our play. And like acting out little bits of it. I cringe so hard when I think about it. But yeah. What was so the was play called? Fringe. It was called The Beast of Pen Privy. And it was written by a guy called Christopher W. Hill, who is now quite a famous children's author. But at the time, he just finished university. Like, um, I think he did drama and playwriting or something at university. And so it was his first play he'd written. And, um, yeah, and, and that's what we did. And yeah. it was pretty bad. I, it, it's all got mixed reviews, should we say. But, I mean, there, were, there was one night... <laughs> it, we got did it. <laughs> it got reviews? Oh, it got reviewed. There was one night we did it... Um, to like 
two people in the audience and one of them was a reviewer from the Scotsman. Oh no. It was the wow, most, it what was a, so, yeah, What a publication yeah, yeah. Every, really to awkward. get. Every yeah. talented person in the world has a really dark past. <laughs> That's my dark past. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You have to do something. It's, embar- it's embarrassing to want to perform. So it's, it's going to be embarrassing when you first start and you're oh, not good yet. Yeah. I mean, I'd be less embarrassed to tell you I'd killed a man <laughs> <laughs> than that I did student theatre at Edinburgh. <laughs> I'll start that rumour for you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 in 1995, Angela killed a man. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I spent that summer doing. Yeah, 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 I yeah. wasn't here. Oh no. Do you feel like you had a, a like a a life changing career moment? Because you won BBC New Comedy in yeah, 2011. 2011. Yeah, it was very much like a sliding doors career moment because yeah. I, I was so I started out. I was just a comedy nerd. Loved comedy, watching live comedy, whatever, and. Um, I was living in Brighton and I started a comedy night in a room above a pub um, just for fun, really, just so comedians would come and perform. And, I mean, my regular MCs were Josh Widdicombe, James Acaster and Joel Domit. So I had quite oh, a life. Uh, yeah, it, like, back in their early days. And, um, yeah, exactly, what are they doing now? Uh, and, and it was just fun, you know. Yeah. And then I... Um, it sounds like one of those awful kind of lifetime movie tragic moments but my dad died really suddenly and he used to come to all the comedy nights he loved it and that was our thing comedy radio comedy live comedy whatever and he always used to say to me because I did like Amdram and stuff and he always used to say why don't you do that and I was like no I can write things other people have written but I can't I can do things other people have written I can't write and he was like we don't know to try you know and he used to nag me all the time about it and I'm like no 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 and then when he died I was like oh do you know what I should just do it Mm. and but because I was already running gigs I didn't want to just get up and embarrass myself in front of all these people that I knew. I hate it when promoters you do know. that. So <laughs> I... Um, <laughs> you see. Yeah. Oh, when the promoter oh, comes to Someone running a gig suddenly goes, I'm going to have a go. Go, you go. just go, oh, your stomach just oh, churns. Yeah. Well, there's this really nice Edinburgh story about that, actually. So I, long story short, I did the Jill Edwards comedy course just so I had a safe place to try it. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, yeah, no, I like this. I'm going to do it. But I didn't tell any of... So I knew people like Josh and James and Nish and all of that, and I didn't tell any of them I was doing it. And it was 2010, I was in Edinburgh, and I was teching shows. So I used to come up and tech people's shows just so I could come and watch stuff. And and, um, so I thought, I'll just do some open spots while I'm up there. But I still hadn't told any of the comics that I know. And that's the year I met Nish, because I was teching a show that some of his friends were in. And um, he said, I'm hosting a... He was like hosting a little mixed bill, free fringe thing. So why don't you come and do 10 minutes on that? I was like, okay, I will. Uh, and I think Josh Whittacombe was closing it. And so I got there and I was on in the first section and Josh hadn't arrived yet. I was like, wicked, I'm going to get away with this, be fine. And it's so funny because I was talking about this with Josh the other night, he was up here. And so just as I was going up on stage, Josh walked in with James Acaster, right? Mm-hmm. And they just see me walking up to the stage and I mean you talk to them about it it's really funny because they are both like oh no <laughs> what are we gonna do if she's shit she gives us loads of gigs like we're just gonna have to and then um, I did the gig and it went fine and they were like what's going on and I sort of told them what I've been doing and then later that Edinburgh it was like some party and Acaster was hammered and he was like 
we thought you were going to be shit. We were so <laughs> happy you weren't shit. We were oh, the there. relief. Yeah, you're like, okay, of... we're really yeah, yeah. going to have to pretend this is good if it's not. Oh, God, can you imagine? Or maybe they were just pretending and I've just built a career of believing No, he was, drunk. <laughs> he was drunk and said this to you. I, I feel like that's... that's. Can you imagine? You can James believe Acast's that. James Acaster's biggest regret was not being an- honest with Angela Barnes. <laughs> she thinks she's good now. Yeah, I'm responsible for this. Oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> I really, really... I really love uh, that you started in your mid-30s because I think there's so many, you know, especially for women, I feel like there's lots of people who just think it's not for them and then, you know, don't do it for, for years and years and years and then start later. And I, I think I love that there's so many really good examples mm. of, you know, like you or, or like Sindhu. Or... I feel a bit sad that I'm sort of at an age where I go, like new technology, I start to find a bit scary. I never thought that would come to me, but it's just like, TikTok, what? Don't make me look at that. I uh, hate that I'm now like, it's just not intuitive to me. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm <also laughs> so confused. Well, what I just I find do? it, I'm all about words, not pictures. Yeah. Particularly. So the idea of making little videos, people just make some little videos. Oh, you make that sound so easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But it's just not my medium, really. No. It's really hard. You're like an old man. I'm such an old man. <laughs> My girlfriend is three years younger than me, and I run into the room and I go, Louisa, I can't, I can't make it work. Like, You're 29. This <laughs> <laughs> is embarrassing. It makes me feel in. better though. I said, I'm not saying. <laughs> Keyworth can't do it. Then yeah, that's I fine. Can't do anything. Yeah. Although I don't think we should be holding up Sarah some any kind of ideal. Because this, this, this is pretty sad. Do not aspire to this. Do not aspire to this. Do better. But we do, should ask. Uh, yeah. yeah, we should ask. Uh, do you ever like dwell on things from the past? Oh God, I am a. I like almost get off on nostalgia. I am. <laughs> Honestly, it's so bad. And I think things like YouTube and Spotify have really enabled that mm. because now I forget that people are still creating new music and stuff because I will just listen to music I loved in the 90s oh, yeah. and get myself into a nostalgia hole about it. So I, I dwell on the past a lot, much more positively. I got diagnosed with ADHD last year and I had sort of, and I won't, I bang on about that on every podcast, so I won't. <laughs> but um, I, it has, it's changed my nostalgia a bit. It's made it a lot happier a lot more positive because I was treated from the age of 18 till last year. I've been on mood stabilizers for, I was misdiagnosed with anxiety and depression and at one point bipolar. And so, mm. so I've just been medicating my whole adult life and suddenly I'm not. And all these things that I just, when I, I really dwell on as failures of why couldn't you just do things that other people could do? Why? Because I would say my 20s, did, so why do you do stand up in your 20s? My 20s didn't, I can't barely remember them. I was in and out of hospital. I was just not a happy person. And so I just, like, I would dwell on that in such a negative way. Whereas now I look back and I go, bloody amazing, you got to where you did, actually, considering what was going on, considering you had these misdiagnoses and no one was really bothering. It was just, particularly if you're a woman, I think, if you're depressed, you've got persistent depression, it's going to be like this forever. Take these tablets, leave us alone. We've got no time to deal with you because we don't know what's causing it. And That's then such a great thing to be able to do. It's like a re- complete reframing of your life. Honestly, like a, a light being switched on mm. when they sort of, more research was done in women with ADHD and, and so many women misdiagnosed with depression. Mm. Because I knew something else was going on. It, I, again, I won't pound too much, but there was this frustration at just not being able to do things. And that's what caused the depression. So it's yeah. not that I wasn't depressed, but it was that no one bothered. They just went, oh, you just have persistent depression rather than go, that's well, a is symptom. something causing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, or is there a reason why your brain can't cope yeah. with things like other people can or whatever? And now I have 
like answers to that. Mm. It's just been a process of looking back at those things that used to make me cringe and then going, that wasn't your fault. Like yeah. you were, I was, I was trying to operate in a right-handed world with left-handed scissors. That's what I was saying. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And um, like, uh, that, that's just how it was. And so, yeah, that's it's changed that, that. That sounds like, like a thank fuck for that moment. Yeah, um, that just alone. That do you huge. have like a specific like near miss, like something well, that happened to you? I mean, I've got a really silly near miss. I, so part of... <laughs> great, great. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so clumsy. Right? I'm just the world's clumsy. And in fact, I'm undergoing assessment at the minute for dyspraxia, which every teacher I've ever met has gone, oh yeah, no, that's, yeah, definitely. Like, right. I thought to say this to me when I was a child. You're going to get so many diagnoses that you're going to reframe your life so much that you're going to be like, Who honestly, is- I've had the best time. Exactly. I've just had a great <laughs> life. What, a, what an amazing life. What a success. Nothing oh. was my fault. Oh, exactly. <laughs> just absolved myself of all responsibility great. for everything. That yeah. sounds wonderful. And, uh, so, yeah, I, um, I'm always falling over. I was one of those kids that spent so much time in A&E. It was like they almost called social services on my parents. Like, because <laughs> they must have just been like, yeah, I know we're back again. I swear to God, we didn't push her down the stairs. She just can't. Another door. She threw herself. She, she just it falls over all the time. And there was this one day. So I was, um, I used to work in, uh, so I trained as a nurse and then I moved into social care. And, but in my twenties, like I said, I wasn't very well. So I took a little sort of break from doing the frontline stuff because it's all got a bit too much. And I got offered a job in uh, recruitment for social workers, right? And I thought I'd do that for a little bit. And it turns out I am not designed for sort of smart office life. It's not me. And so I would really struggle with like having to try and look smart and, and like I know what I'm doing. And there's this one morning I was going to, so it's the nine to five and I was living in New Cross in London and working in um, Islington, it was the office. And I got on a train one morning to go to work. And I, I honestly don't know what happened, but the train doors opened and I was the last to get on. I think I must have run. And I sort of tripped and one leg went under the train, right? But the other leg did, and I managed to hold, grab the door and pull myself oh my back God. on. Now, it's the most British thing that's ever happened because I didn't fall under the train. Nobody said anything or made eye contact with me. But the, the worst bit of it was my shoe had fallen off and gone under the train. Oh. And I got on the train and the doors just shut and the train goes away and I've just got one shoe on <laughs> and I'm on a packed commuter train. And, and no, no one says anything. anything. You nearly went under the train. I nearly went under the train, but I didn't. But I did lose my shoe on the way to work. And I just, <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. And in my head, I was just, and nobody would look at me. And I just had to like go as if it's the most natural thing in the world. I've just got one shoe on. Yeah. And I, I knew I had to, like, I didn't want to be late for work. So I think I hadn't been there that long. And I already felt like a fish out of water in this yeah. job. And so I, so the next stop was London Bridge where I then got on the chip. So I had this decision to make at London Bridge. Like, do I go back and try and get my shoe? Or do I keep going to work? And I thought like, it'd be really late if I go back and get my shoe. So I'm just going to have to get the tube. <laughs> and so, and then I had this decision to make about what's more mad, one shoe or no shoes. <laughs> So, so I took the other shoe off and put it in my bag. And it was winter. So I just remember I had like black, smart black trousers on, but pink socks. And I just was like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to not look at anyone. Because no one makes eye contact with the tube. And it was like February or something. And I just went all the way to work in my socks. And then I got to the office. And I, did, I just didn't say anything to it. I was so embarrassed and so young and so... Felt so stupid. I just didn't say anything to anyone. And I didn't have any meetings that day. I was all phone calls and stuff. So I just sat at my desk all day, my feet under the desk, 
go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And also, I think it was even before I'd had my first paycheck. So I had no money in the bank. You know, like when you start a new job, yeah, you're yeah, in your 20s, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, hand yeah. to mouth, living in London. Yeah. I had no money in the bank. So I was like, I can't even go out and buy a pair of I shoes. Need that shoe. Like, what am I going to do? I mean, I have more shoes at home, but to get home again, I was like, I'm going to have the same problem, right? And I was just really stressed. Anyway, I, I like left it really late to leave the office. I thought, I'll wait till everyone else got. And my boss was still in the office. He's like, you're right. And I just went, okay, I'm going to have to just tell him what happened. So I told, told him what happened. And he sort of laughed and he went, I mean, I've got a spare pair of shoes if you want to wear them. And I was like, yeah, please. They were like a pair of size 11 kickers. <laughs> but it's so just much the, better than like... The no shoes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So Them pink I mean, socks on the tube, yeah, what, it's, it's better. No, what, what are you size, talking about? What size are you? I'm seven. You're a seven so and he's an 11. Feet, seven so you're clown flying <laughs> it off the tube. Like a, that's not safer. So much worse because I left the office and I was like, well, I just need to get home. I thought, at least it's dark. No one can see me. It's fine. And then I was just walking down Upper Street in Islington to get to the tube and I just heard this voice go, Angela. <laughs> and I turned around and it was a girl I went to school with that I hadn't seen like sixth form. And she was now like a journalist living in Hampstead. And I'm like, I'm wearing she my boss's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> my life has not gone like yours has <laughs> but nice to see you <laughs> i love that story that's so good that's so great have you ever had a humiliating clothing incident no you know what this made me think of was that um i, I don't have like dyspraxia or anything like that but i am quite clumsy yeah um and uh you're too tall, but not to I a think. point where like i would go to hospital yeah um, but i'm just like quite clumsy and and uh you're, like lanky yeah, it's you're all not, just, it's, it's just a lot going on. It's just a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I was, I was meeting up with this girl that I was trying to be friends with. And, uh, <laughs> that sentence alone. Yeah. <laughs> trying, trying to be, be friends with. That's so, that's so relatable. Outbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying really hard to be friends with her. She was not, I was. She was not relenting. That it word trying not, is doing yeah. so much work in that sentence. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's true. That's what was happening. And she was like, she uh, she was like we were like walking down the street and she was ranting about like the stereotype in in movies where it's like the clumsy girl and she doesn't know what she's and and, and she just keeps ranting about like so stupid as the blah, blah blah and I just started getting more and more tense as we were walking of like don't trip <laughs> don't do it <laughs> to the point where I was like walking like a robot like down the street she just think like, you're too sexy. <laughs> Um, anyway, that made me, that's what I always think. That, that whole ditzy girl thing in movies that really pisses me off as well. Because mm. as a girl who is genuinely ditzy, it is not cute and it is not attractive. No, no, no. And also, you, ne you never see them with bruises all up their shins. Like no. my shins are constantly bruised. It's like if you were a real clumsy ditzy girl, you would be covered in bruises. Yeah, absolutely. A and E waiting to be seen. Yeah, exactly. yeah. you have one shoe on yeah, exactly. at all times. I went. I went to school once, and I got all the way to like I think we had like five lessons, and I got all the way to the fourth lesson, and then a really nice girl that I didn't know that well said, "Sarah, I don't know if you know, but your trousers are on backwards." <laughs> And I, they didn't have I'd spent no, they were just like sort of elasticated. This was in secondary school. I spent the whole day with my trousers on backwards, 
and nobody told me. You know oh. what I find the most worrying about that is that you clearly weren't drinking enough water. Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't peeing enough. Why didn't yeah. you have to pee? I wasn't using my pockets. <laughs> what What's going on? Oh, this is weird. <laughs> the whole day just doing nothing at all. And then one what's kind that, of What's that rapper that has his trousers on backwards? Sarah Keyworth. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, Mickey. <laughs> We've got a, a listener's story, a listener oh, near my death. Oh, goodness. And she said... Uh, she said, Don't say that with such disdain. There's nothing wrong with the name Cat. I can always hear the air quotes. Someone yeah. called right. Cat. Cat. Apparently this person is called... Apparently this that is your real name. Cat. <laughs> Thank you, Cat. Um, I don't really know how close I was to death, but when I was a kid, brackets approx eight, I was swimming in the sea and got caught in one of those sketchy undercurrents that kind of drag you out. My dad was supervising me from the shore, so I started to panic and shout and wave for help, and he just waved back. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put in like quotations like, hi, that's nice, dear, brackets. He didn't say these words, but I'm sure he was thinking it. Until a nearby swim- swimmer realized my peril and started to come and help, and then my dad also decided to kick into Baywatch mode and come help save me. The end. <laughs> and then they've put a peace sign. And they've put PS, I still love the sea. <laughs> That's nice. She just got healthy nice. respect for it. That's yeah. Good. I think that's that's such a dad response, isn't yeah. it? To just wave back. Yeah. It's, go, it's, it's a poem, isn't it? A Stevie Smith poem called Not Waving But Drowning. That's <laughs> <laughs> just made me think of yeah. that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. My mum and dad were those classic parents of like any time my brother and I were were in mortal peril. My parents were like, they're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're fine. They'll figure it out. Which I think is good. Because yeah. when you see those overbearing parents that are just like, oh my God, are you okay? What's happening? It's like, your kid is going to turn out so weird. They'll be the neurotic kids. That's be therapy bills forever. Yeah, yeah, You've got to yeah. let your kids make some mistakes and learn from them and Absolutely. have a little bit of peril in their life. If they drown, they drown. You know, yes. you've got to take they that. They learn. <laughs> they won't do it again. They won't yeah. do it again because we they're a, dead. We were on a family holiday and my brother was, I don't know how old he was, like probably like 12 or 13 and he was running ahead and jumping down sand dunes on the beach and I was running after him but I was like a lot slower and then suddenly he was sprinting back towards me and he screamed. I like vividly remember the scream, like like a high pitched boy's scream. Ooh. And then I just saw like like no exaggeration, eight dogs. <gasps> oh my chasing god! Chasing him, honestly, I've, I vividly remember it. And he was he was chasing, like they were chasing him, and he was running, and he fell, and they kind of all gathered around him, oh. and then they ran off, and they one of them bit him on his leg, but then it was fine. And my mom and what, dad. Right there. You pointed at the bit of your leg that has a tattoo that says nice boy. Nice, nice boy, yeah. That's where he bit, they bit him. Just, just, just yeah. say good boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this good boy bite my brother. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he had this bite on his leg, but they all ran off, fortunately, because it would have, I just, just, but there was a, like a split second where my, like my parents were coming up behind us. And I was like, there's all these dogs and, they've, and my brother's on the ground. And they're like, but you like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like no. donkeys. I don't want eight of them marauding me. I was me. like, there's eight. There's eight. Do- and because they didn't yeah. see it. So they were gone yeah. now. The dog. And my brother's like on the ground, like like white as a sheet, like losing his mind. And I just, I'm there. I'm probably nine years old, really trying to communicate the horror of what I've just seen. And my mum and dad are like, "This is a fantastic holiday. <laughs> really out of the <laughs> I'm Not gonna let oh, it be ruined." Yeah. Do you have any? Um, Sliding doors moments. 
Well, I was thinking about this because like, life's just full of them, right? Yeah, so there's so, yeah. so many. many. But know? there's one that I often think about is um, my dad. So he loved um, Formula One racing, full stop motor racing. And we grew up near, um, I grew up in Kent, very near Brands Hatch. And every weekend we were at Brands Hatch because my mum and dad both worked in the medical centre there. Um, on the ambulances and stuff. So they were there every weekend. And my dad also then, as I was older, managed various Formula 4 teams and things like that. So I spent my childhood at Brands Hatch, which I think is why my hearing's screwed. But I did, <laughs> ear defenders were seen as a pussy thing in the 70s. So um, now I wear hearing aids in both ears. Um, but yeah, so I spent a lot of time watching racing and I love it. And I still love Formula 1 now and mm. I still love racing. I still go to the Formula 4 festival every year at Brands Hatch. I love it. Did you like the but, documentary? Uh, well, Drive to Survive. Yeah, I do. I do. I have watched it. I, yeah, at yeah, first, I was a bit like, ugh, it's not proper fans. But then you watch it and go, actually, yeah. it's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, when I was about, I must have been about nine or ten, I guess. I think my dad harboured these, because he, very complicated story. But at that time, my dad didn't have a son. And so I was his only child. And not that, you know, it should make any difference. Because it didn't to my dad. In fact, my dad was very progressive because he didn't see the fact I wasn't a boy as any reason why I shouldn't be a Formula One champion. <laughs> um, so when I was, yeah, I must be about eight or nine, my dad and his friend, as a like surprise, built me a cart for cart racing, right? Which is how a lot of drivers oh, now start yeah. off and expected me to be really excited and go, yeah. And I was like, I'm not getting that. They're dangerous. <laughs> like, I watch motor racing every day of every weekend of my life. I've seen what happened. I'm not. You no, no, I don't want to do this. You didn't <laughs> raise a fool. Yeah, exactly. I like, do you think I'm, oh no, no, I'm quite happy here. Thanks mm. very much. And like, they really gently persuaded me. I like, just get in and have a little. And I said, no, no, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. And I really, and then every now and then, like every six months or so, dad would go, do you fancy, um, I'm going to go in the car. <laughs> like that. I said, no, I'm all right. Thanks. And I wouldn't even, like go on the dodgems or anything with my dad in case it gave him ideas. Because <laughs> I was just, I'd seen terrible accidents. And yeah. I'd been at the, because they both worked in the medical centre. When I was about four, I've got this lovely photograph of me, four years old, at the medical centre at Brands Hatch in a little like four-year-old's nurse's uniform. Oh. And I was up there. So if they just had like, um, when the drivers came in, They'd obviously sort them all out, and then I'd go in and give them some water, or you know, make sure they were oh, like yeah. a little. And then I end up going into nursing, you know. So, but that, but I saw how broken some of these people came in, and how mm. much pain they were in, and heard grown men screaming. I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right. I don't want that. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I've be, always been quite risk averse in my life, and uh, yeah, so I just think, oh, mate, if I if I'd got in that cart that day you and started been a cart champion. racing. <laughs> Could I have been? I mean, I think we know the answer to that is no, because dyspraxia (laughs) (laughs) and all of the clumsiness and everything. I probably wouldn't still be sat here now to tell the tale. I'm choosing to believe that you would have been the best Formula One driver in the world. (laughs) And that we've been robbed of Is Formula One gender neutral? Yeah, so there's no reason why women can't be... There have been Formula One, uh, women in Formula One, um... And at the moment, there's a, f- there's, so they, they started a few years ago, something called W Series, which is an all-female racing series. And there's sort of mixed feelings about that because... They can't park. Um, they can't park. One they just go round and round all yeah. day. They're still there now. They've got yeah, one race. Yeah, yeah. It will never end. Um, <laughs> well, the mixed feelings about it are, I guess, is that if, if you're putting women in their own series that doesn't necessarily feed straight into Formula One, then they're not... 
they're not showing what they can do with their male counterparts, if mm. you see what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. you know, racing each other, because you've got to come at it from the point of view or how Formula One teams, who, which are obviously run by men and very bad, will look at that and go, yeah, well, they might be quick against each other, but how are they going to do against yeah. the boys? Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a worry that what it's actually done is siphoned them out of the process rather than kept them in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a few, I think, that made it to Formula Two maybe. And, and there's, so there's Jamie Chadwick, who is a British driver. She's incredible. And she has won every single W Series there's been. Um, she wins most of the races. She's really good. But they're still like, yeah, but can she cut it in a... And, the, and W Series cars are basically the same as F2 cars, uh, which is the main feeder formula for yeah. F1. Um, and I'm not sure she's had a test drive. I think it's only a matter of time before she gets some test days with... I think she might have had some already with some Formula 1 teams. But whether any of them... is who's going to have the balls first to put her in a seat. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, because that's just are, the team, isn't it? Like, which... Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and it, there's so much money involved that you can't... You can't just go, let's see how it goes. Like, the teams have yeah, to know yeah, yeah, for their yeah. own survival. They have to know that that person's going to be competitive at yeah. the level they need them to be. Yeah. So, so it's, it's so hard, but it is getting better, I think. And Women's you know, sport is just changing. Like, you yeah, know, we've seen really that in the is. last week or two. Yeah, like, yeah, it absolutely. Will, it will, and there'll be a point where we'll look back Huge strides. Um, wow, that was great. Thank you so Angela. much, Angela. Oh, Thank thanks for having me. It's been really fun. Thank it's you. Been, thanks so very nice. much for doing it. Um, plug, plug my Edinburgh show. Plug, plug your Edinburgh show. My show is called Hot Mess, and it's on at seven o'clock in the Cabaret Bar. And I'm on straight after Sarah Keyworth, so you can always just like do the double bill. Do the double. Uh, that sounds do good, actually. Although that's a Although lot. It might. Yeah. <laughs> Let's you might say, want a little break between. Yeah, to let's be honest. just say Sarah and Angela maybe have some similar themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's know. true. Actually, yeah. No, don't don't do the back to back. Back to back tragedy. Out. God, we really undid that promo, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. Actually, don't see either. Don't see either. Yeah. See Sarah yeah. one day, see some clowns, and then come back and see. Yeah, Angela. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So perfect. Uh, and, and social media, please. Oh, yes. I'm uh, at Angela Barnes on Twitter and Angela underscore Barnesy on Instagram because someone else had Angela Barnes and right. I was too late. Disgusting. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. Let's take it down. Be, I'll be touring next year. So if you go angelabarnescomedy.co.uk and all my tour dates will be on there. And if you join the mailing list, I'll let people know when they're on sale. But I don't spam people. I don't set up. It's just when there's things to yep. know. That's perfect. <laughs> Very Do all of that because no, Angela is amazing. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Angela. Angela Angela Barnes. Angela Barnes, everybody. It's Angela Barnes. She's great. She's wonderful. She's so great. She's just amazing. Great storyteller. She is a great storyteller. I felt like I was I had to do absolutely nothing. I was yeah. like, I don't even think I have to be here for You my nodded point. off for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Edinburgh is actually very tiring. <laughs> no, I just mean like in a good way, you yeah. know, where you just like you can sit back and you're just like, great, whatever. Mm. Whatever you have to say. Yeah. I'm, I'm you happy. do it. You do it. You host this damn podcast. <laughs> I have to do it every time. <laughs> yeah, that was all going on in my head. But uh, yeah, if you enjoyed that episode, find Angela, follow her, go see her show. Yeah. Go see our shows. Actually, go see our show. Forget about it. Go and see, go and see me and Mickey. Um, no, go, go see all three. Yeah. Sarah, I'm going to plug you. Go on. You ready for this? Yeah. Sarah's show is called Lost Boy. It is on at the Pleasance Courtyard every day at 5.40. 
oh my god you smashed it really yeah Yay. okay okay you're so much pressure on you now. so much pressure uh mickey's show is called heidi regan gives birth on uh, Mickey's show it's called Small Deaths yeah and it's on at uh, Monkey Barrel The Hive yeah every day yeah at 6.10 whoa whoa that was honestly amazing we're friends <laughs> like we've heard this information before <laughs> yeah uh, also uh, follow us online I'm at Mickey Overman I'm at Sarah K Comedy on Twitter and Sarah underscore Keyworth on Instagram yeah because Sarah doesn't understand branding <laughs> I really um, don't. I don't <laughs> care for it. <laughs> yeah, please um, do that. Uh, also, follow us on um, the follow. Uh, uh, su- subscribe to our Patreon. That's what I wanted to say. Please do that, guys. <laughs> do that. That's actually the main thing we want you to do is to give us some money. I love that you're not doing a retake. No, you're I'm just not like, doing a retake. No, it's I a desperate know. plea for people to sign up and give us some money. Um, some people have already done that, uh, but we'd like more people to do it so we can oh make this. Oh my God, we can't afford this. We can't actually afford to make this podcast, so it would be nice. Please help us, otherwise we'll stop. This is, a, <laughs> this is an ultimatum. This is an ultimatum. <laughs> This is a threat. <laughs> We're doing this terribly. <laughs> Sign up. We have bonus content. Yeah, we do. We actually have just, it's basically the, ep- the all of the stuff that we cut out of the, of the nice uh, swanky episodes that we, we put out for yeah. the general public. Um, you get all the raw, raw, <laughs> all the raw unedited chaos. Yeah. All the and we're going to start putting some more stuff on there yeah. once we get through this fringe festival. Oh yeah. Um, so please do that uh, if you have any listeners stories if you want to uh, share uh, your own sliding doors moment uh, please email us at um, uh, thankfuckforthat at gmail.com no mm-hmm. you and the fuck because for the kids yeah because we don't fuck you okay well we'll cut that out and uh, leave that in <laughs> Dave are you listening <laughs> Dave if you Dave. edit that out I'll come home Dave is not at the Edinburgh Fridge but uh, please Dave cut that out and um, <laughs> yeah and just uh, follow us at, at thank for the, thank fuck for that no no, you in the fuck. No, you're in the we fuck. don't fuck you. That's it. That's everything. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Oh my god, guys. we have a catchphrase. Stop! I'm doing all the work. I can't. I can't. I can't. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Thank Fuck for That. It was hosted by Sarah Keyworth and Mickey Overman and produced by Dave Murphy with music from Ben Kavanagh. Please follow us on Twitter. We are at Thank Fuck for That with no you in the fuck because we hate swearing, guys. Mm, and we don't swear. know why we've called it. This. Don't swear. Uh, and you can find us on Instagram with the same name at Thank Fuck for That. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.